Your Story with Melinda Estabrooks, an exclusive presentation of Faith Strong Today. Listen for new episodes every Monday and subscribe to the podcast at faithstrongtoday.com. Our stories have the power to connect us, to inspire us, and give us courage. On Your Story with Melinda, your story matters. Her mission statement is to help clarify purpose and vision for individuals, teams, and organizations. She's also the co-founder of a wonderful national organization called Gather Women that gives women an opportunity to come together, to tell the Canadian story, and to champion a culture of support as they walk out their callings, unified and diverse. She's also an internationally, I was supposed to say internationally known, but she's an international leadership development trainer, consultant and coach. And she is with me in the studio, Kathy Ostapchuk, to share all about connecting, storytelling, and what women want. You're going to want to listen and watch this show for sure. Kathy, welcome to the studio. I know that we're going to talk about what women want in a second. (laughs) But let's start with you because as a leadership development trainer uh, with a passion for women, I want to get there. Well, actually, how did you get there? What's your story from the beginning? And then how did God really instill in you this passion for women and encouraging women? Right. Well, for so many of uh, my early years and up until recently, I was involved in the arts. I was a worship leader, musician, conductor, and my degrees are in music. So I was sort of born a creative, you know, melancholy, deep thinking person, but I always felt a need to perform. So uh, I grew up in a small Ukrainian Baptist church in Edmonton. My uncle was the founder. He was also the chaplain of the Edmonton Eskimos. Oh, wow. So we entertained a lot of football players in our home. We fed them (laughs) and we were very hospitable. But in church, we worked a lot. We did, you know, we made the meals. We did the services. We did, did VBS. And as a music person, you always had to perform, whether you're in the church or outside of it. So I would say until recently, I was on that drive to perform. And if I didn't do well, my self-confidence, my self-image just plummeted. Um, I had a a moment, got stuck in an elevator one day. (laughs) Okay, my heart, Kathy just went... I'm a little claustrophobic, right? right? So, okay. By yourself or with By myself. I was going so fast, pushing the buttons, doing email, pushing the buttons. And God literally got a hold of me and said, Kathy, like, if I get you out of here at the pace you're going, you're going to kill somebody because you're moving too fast. And long story short, I had an epiphany in that elevator that I needed to really be attached to my purpose. No more performance stuff. I didn't realize it was a double-sided elevator that when I finally got out the door, (laughs) the open door was behind me. And. And everything changed, and I started to actually begin the search to reclaim who I was from birth. Oh, and wow. when you ask the question, how did you become who you are now? Mm-hmm. I would say brokenness, pain and suffering, more brokenness, more pain, more suffering. Yes. And that seems to be the descent, you know, to finding yourself at the mm-hmm. point where God is, and you come out of that different. Wow. So here you are. You've come through brokenness, and there's pain. And at that point, for a lot of people, Kathy, you're just like, I'm out. Like, I'm a victim. I don't want to do anything. And God, I have every right to not do anything because yep. I'm really, I'm immobilized. I am shattered. Okay. <laughs> what was the impetus for you where you were like, okay, you know, I, I could stay there, but I'm choosing to 
co-found mm. Gather Women and really start pouring yourself into powering and leading women. What was that? What was the impetus for that? Well, I'll tell you, I like to be always in the right place at the right time, mm-hmm. you know, taking the right <laughs> selfies with the right people. <laughs> but I know that as I read scripture, when I was literally 40 myself, I had turned 40 and I thought I had done it all. I'm done. God's put me on the shelf. He's done with me. Wow. At, I, 40. I'm at 40. There's nothing else for me. And I remember seeing a video of Anne Graham Lotz. She was going around the world doing these wonderful Just Give Me Jesus revivals. And I was so drawn to her message, which was come to Jesus. And I thought, I want to be involved in this. I'll lick the envelopes for this event if it happens in Toronto. (laughs) Turns out God found me out of a city of three million people here in Toronto, this little Ukrainian Baptist girl, and said, no, you're doing it. And that... But you're doing what? Co-chairing Just Give Me Jesus. And so you were like, I'm going to lick envelopes to now I'm going to co-chair this big event. Right. And how does that happen? Well, that's yeah. that's God. He finds the invisible woman. He finds the women mm. who don't think they have a voice. He finds the women, the women who think they're done. He finds the women who wouldn't identify themselves as having a large presence or a voice that had any meaning, and he found me. And I know he finds women. He finds the lost, the broken. Other women that are invisible to so many, he sees. And I think that's the way we make ourselves really tied into his walk, Mm -hmm. is that if he doesn't find us, there's no way we can find ourselves. Yeah, that's powerful. So he finds you, and you co-chair this huge event in Toronto with Anne Graham Lotz. What begins to stir in you with that? Like, what, what happens to you personally as you're going about that and, and, and seeing, you know, Anne up there and then this theme of come to Jesus? What, right, what was going on right. with you? It was one of the greatest privileges of my life. Friday night, there was like a, a whoosh as not only women, but men made their way to the cross. I mean, I'm telling you, that arena was packed, you know, sixteen mm-hmm. to 18,000 people. Wow. And it's like everybody was at the cross. And I felt like I was just in Jesus' arms at that moment. And mm-hmm. he was saying, well done. It was hard, 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 hard. But I felt, yes, thank you for allowing me this privilege. But then Anne Graham Lotz, who, who leaves the stage herself to make room for people finding Jesus, she's got such an incredible ministry. She leaves and goes back to North Carolina. And we're here uh, in Canada. Yeah, And we had follow-up Bible studies, and it was amazing. But I was waiting for for the next woman to pick up the torch because here I've done it you do it 10 years 10 years and it's like 10 years from the event to today today 10 years <laughs> exactly and I'm going okay where is everybody and then I'm going well where am I mm. and as God is preparing me I think for the next thing, he's also preparing the next thing for me. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it takes as long as it takes. I preached on the life of David a couple weeks ago, and here he, here he was anointed at age 15. 15 years yeah. till he walks into his destiny as king and warrior from shepherd. And so I realize this 10 years has been the green room. <laughs> and you know what? I wanted to be there. I thought I was going to be there. I thought it was going to be the youngest everything, the youngest, most successful conductor, yeah. musician, worship leader at a huge church, whatever it was, I was going to be that girl. And he didn't let me be that girl until much later. Isn't that neat about him? Because sometimes, well, a lot of times for most of us, you know, we've already in our head defined the success a defined accomplishment or what we believe will be success or accomplishment. And yet it's not what God's plan is. And when we get there, you're like, ah, 
Now I get yeah. the story right yeah. unfolding because that's a long time, 10 years. Most people would be like, okay, I'm on the wave. The energy right. is there. Let's do it. Go. I know. Right after it happens. A lot of people, and actually people would say that. Like now take it and, and run with it. Take the torch and go. But 10 years is a long time, Kathy. Yeah. And you would think something would happen. People would say to me, well, what are you doing? Because whatever you're doing, I'm on board. And I'm going, I did a lot of things, but I didn't do the things. Right. Yeah. And I'm going like, I'm actually like not doing anything right now. Is that okay? <laughs> so I did fundraising for nonprofits. Yeah. I did a lot of really good work things. Um, but it continued to be burnout things. So my elevator moment didn't come till in the middle of that time. And you know what happened as well is I started to get a real lens into what's going on in Canada with mm. our Canadian girls. So we bring in American speakers who have enriched our our lives so beautifully and we're so grateful but they leave and we're here and so we as women now who are trying to create an infrastructure of women coast to coast are really taking this word presence and saying what would it mean to not leave when we gather Mm -hmm. together and we leave we're still connected we're present with each other because Mm -hmm. god has been present with us so how do we become present to each other across the nation well there's a gap right now there's no mechanism there's no organization that really connects us province to province we are so unique Mm -hmm. in every province right so i can't say as an alberta girl that ontario is at all like home it's not i still feel like home is there Mm -hmm. but my husband who was born and raised here like just doesn't get it right he doesn't get that prairie life i don't know what it's like to live in the maritimes but i want to find out what the women there are experiencing i want to know what they're hearing from god do you think as canadians we're we're different than Americans, U.S.? Like, I mean, what, what's the unique story for us as Canadian women? I mean, there's definitely diversity. Right. I mean, multiculturalism and mm-hmm. ethnicity, you know, across this great nation. Right. But what would you say, you know, because some people would say, well, that's fine. I mean, you know, I, there's so many things that are happening in the U.S. that we can sure. kind of just like piggyback on. And that's what we've been doing, Kathy, for years in Canada. Yeah. But why then to say, no, 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 we need to, you know, create this gathering of women uh, for Canada? Sure. Our churches are different. So if we know that 80% of our Canadian churches have 200 or less um, attendees, that would not be the norm south of the border. um, They love big churches. It's a growth mentality, and we have a smaller community mentality. Our cultures are different. Our issues are different. We are multicultural. We're the most multicultural nation in the world outside of Turkey. And why is that? It's Why has God brought the nations to Canada? We need to own that and say, well, how do we operate? How do we build the church in this beautiful, rich, diverse environment? So our issues may not be the conversation about the black and white racial divide. It's the issue... We have issues about reconciliation with our First Nations people. We need to create presence and relationships, one conversation at a time, with our sisters in Quebec. Mm -hmm. You know, and we don't even speak the same language in this country. And we do not define our faith and match it right up with our politics either. So we have a lot of work to do in self-defining ourselves, Mm -hmm. but we can't do that until we self-define and grab a hold of our identity individually as women. Mm -hmm. And then... We find each other, and that's why calling forth a national voice is so important. The world is watching Canada. We have the coolest prime minister right now with the best hair. And we, yes, we do. <laughs> we are loved all over the world. Mm-hmm. And we have such an opportunity, such an opportunity to not only speak into the decision-making places 
around the globe, but we can't do that unless we know who we are. Yeah. So what's it going to take? Because for Kathy, I look at you and to me, your personality and drive is evident, like when you're speaking and when you're about. But there's like millions of Canadian women who are like, I just don't have the gumption. I don't feel motivated, but I hear you. Like we do need to gather and there's places for a lot of women where they're lonely and they would love to come together. But but what does it take, you know, to say, I'm going to raise my hand and say, I'm going to be a part of this. Right. Because I would say a lot of people are bystanders. They watch and yeah. they're, they maybe even be the first to criticize. But how do we we gather and motivate women to to get together, to, to really essentially gather and share our story and our uniqueness? Right. You're always going to have your critics. I have more critics now than I've ever had. It's like, <laughs> it can't be done. We're not ready for it. It's, you know, and who are you and who are your people. It's like, well, I have no people. I'm just, you know, I'm I'm a modern day. I'm hoping we're all modern day Esthers. So what did it take for Esther? Blue, white clarity. If you don't save your people, somebody else will, girl. Right. And for me, I always think, you know, clear, brave, or stronger. Well, that clarity comes when you're in a situation where it's life or death. So let's say you're on an operating room table and that blue white light comes and you go, wow, what if I never get off this table? What if I had seven days to live? You live as if it's your last moment because Mm -hmm. it just won't happen unless you go make it happen. And I think in North America and in Canada, we have the luxury of so many choices. I can do it, I cannot do it. When you go to Africa and you teach women for half an hour and you give them a tool, they go and start nonprofit organizations. They raise money in a patriarchal society. But here, we just go, well, it'll come to me. I don't want to get outside of the will of God. I don't want to run ahead or behind. You know what? There's a huge open space under grace, right? (laughs) Yeah. So the worst that can happen is that you do it Mm -hmm. and you... You ask for forgiveness after if it didn't go well, and it fails. I like. And that. I actually like that. I, I've I've lived in that too. Yeah. I say I go ask for forgiveness, and a lot of times <laughs> haven't asked for permission and done it. And some things have failed, and some things have worked. Okay. So right? the question is, who are you? Who are the permission givers? Well, and yeah. is the church asking you? Is your organization asking you? Is God asking you? And I think when oh, you have good. a clear sense of calling and identity, you ask those questions, mm-hmm. and you don't just say yes or no based on other people's expectations. That's good because I think a lot of us live in that place. Like we always have to get permission or wait. And I think, you know, courage and bravery. And I think too, you know, permission from God, go for it, right? Let's talk through about Gather because I think Gather in its mission statement and its purpose, I think it's something for a lot of listeners we can learn from because I think there's some things there that are really powerful. So when we look at gather, gather women, this organization, it's number one, to give women an opportunity to come together. Mm-hmm. Are we struggling with that? Like, what is that an opportunity for women to come together? Do you find that we don't or we're isolated or we keep to ourselves or what? why that? I mean, what do you think? Do you think that we're yeah. isolated? I think there are a number of women, I mean, even my friends who mm-hmm. are, and I think provincially there can be, and even within denominations mm-hmm. we can be, and within just even our personal issues and angst we can be as well. Yeah. yeah, I would agree with it. Yeah, I think we need to address that we are not as connected as we like to think mm. because we think if we're connected online or on social media, we're connected. And I want to reverse a couple of things and push back a- against a couple of things. The first is that if we're connected online, then we gather to support that. We gather face-to-face, mm-hmm. one-to-one, the few and the many. And our online presence supports our face-to-face presence. What costs more money? What takes more effort? What takes more invitations to invite somebody to your table? The face-to-face. Face-to-face, yeah. 
that's what gather is. Women have always grown the most and had more catalytic opportunities when they've been in the presence of another woman who calls them to live in the middle of their life, right? Mm-hmm. Mentorship. Yeah. It's a dying art to be face-to-face. When I first got married, Paul and Eleanor Henderson had just come up from the States. They were our first mentors as married couples. Steve would go play squash with Paul. Eleanor would cook dinner, and her and I would do a Bible study. And she greatly shaped my thinking because we were together in the mm-hmm. same room. So I want to push back against this online, mm-hmm. you know, mentality. And the second thing is I want to create an appetite for Canadian voices Mm -hmm, and provide opportunities because denominationally we can have opportunities to gather, but we can assume that women are gathering in their churches. Mm -hmm. In many places they're not, not, or they're in communities where there's no uh, facility or mechanism that allows them to get together. We just want to provide more opportunities, a conduit for women to come together. Cultural, generational, denominational, and geographical diversity are key for us. The challenge is it's money, it's time. It means getting on a plane and flying to Surrey, B.C., to Montreal, Quebec. It's cheaper to fly to Austin, in our Texas. Vast, in our vast land. Right. That's yeah. huge. Yeah. Yeah, that costs more to, like, fly to British Columbia than it is to, like, go to Paris Absolutely. or go to Europe, right? Yeah. But we have to risk. We have to say we're doing it anyway. Yeah. We need to be together. We need to know who the women are across Canada. That's good. That excites me. Now, in that, when we talk about Canada, the, the next part about sort of this mission is that to tell the Canadian story. What is our Canadian story, Kathy? I'm actually, you know, interested to know that because I think I'm part of the Canadian story. And I think as we, you know, live in Canada, I think that's important for us to kind of like come together about because I think that's right. important. Right. Our Canadian story is just that. Mm-hmm. You came when you were... 13. 13. Yeah. And the woman that came yesterday or the woman that's going to land today, they're as much part of the Canadian story as those who were born and raised because that's Canada and that's the beauty. We are invitational. We welcome everyone. And Gather says, you know what, we're going to be invitational too. So whether you're here one day, one month, one week, you're here. Mm-hmm. And we love you already. And I'm using a phrase that Helen Burns always says, like, we love you already. And that's... What it's like to be in Canada is really to have walls that have been taken down one brick at a time. Mm -hmm. We have um, French sisters, beautiful girls that we don't know because we haven't been able to speak the same language. So I'm so excited that when we were in Montreal doing one of our regional gatherings, we brought denominations, we brought languages, we brought generations together. And I felt that was a watershed moment. We have our First Nations women that we don't know their stories. There's so much uh, that needs to happen in terms of reconciliation. It's not going to happen through programs. It's going to happen through let's sit together at the same table. Mm -hmm. I'm not giving you anything except my presence. So we have a relationship with an amazing woman out west from Saskatchewan. Her name is Kali Wood, and she's a First Nations woman. And she's going to be joining us when we gather nationally, as well as Stephanie reader from Montreal who is pastoring one of the largest French-speaking churches in Quebec, the largest, Nouvelle Mm -hmm. V. She does not speak English, and she will come and be part of Gather because this is Canada. And we have conversations with each other in the big space, Mm -hmm. right? It's about the one and the few. So it's not about the platform. You're up there, we're all listening. Mm -hmm. We try and engage with each other like Every voice is important. Yeah, I love that. And at the, at the end here, it says, too, in the mission statement, to then champion a culture of support as these women walk out their callings, unified and diverse. Mm-hmm. I think that's 
wonderful culture of support. I think as as women, I mean, I am really, I will say, honestly, I'm very grateful and blessed that I have an incredibly strong community of women. Now, that has taken years to foster right. those relationships. I mean, we know women relationships. I mean, I it was hard for me to trust women. I was always hanging out with guys because they were so much easier mm-hmm. to hang out with. And women were all complicated and emotional and competitive. So this really resonates because it has been a long, hard journey for me to really get the community that I have. And online, people are like, oh, you're so lucky, and that's so great, Melinda. And, and I'm like, yeah, but it took years, mm-hmm. 10 to 15 years for me to cultivate and trust and build my right. sisterhood. Right. And so it does take time, and yet I hear so many women longing to have that kind of community. And it breaks my heart because people said, I'm so alone, and I've tried to get into this church, mm-hmm. I've tried to get into this mm-hmm. group, but I don't mm-hmm. feel like I, mm-hmm. I've been able to. And, and my heart's broken for them. Well, to be honest, I mean, that's been always my story. I always was sensing that there's a whole world in there, but there's a glass wall and my nose is pressed against the glass. And it's like, how do I get in? How do I get in? And I know what that feels like. So Mm -hmm. I'm not going to assume that every woman is in. I'm going to assume that most women are out and wanting to know how to get in. And how they're going to get in is if I open the door to my house and I set a beautiful table which you do so well, Kathy. <laughs> and just say, come in, come in. Yeah. You know, I got a call last week from somebody calling about uh, Gather, and it's my phone that rings. And we're talking. She goes, wait a minute. Is this the Kathy Ostrichuk? And I said, yes, it is. She goes, well, wow, like I thought I would be talking to somebody else. And I said, no, like I'm so happy that you're talking to me and I'm talking to you. Mm-hmm. We've missed that. And I think what encourages me about you, Kathy, is that you are, you know, you you do open your doors and you do create, you know, a sacred and safe space for women, which I think more women need to do. You know, in these last minutes, I just let's just talk about, you know, sort of women in our country. I think what Gather Women is creating is wonderful. And I think everybody should get involved in it across the nation. And there'll be information, you know, on, on social media about that. But in our last thoughts, let's talk about, you know, women and what you're finding as far as, you know, our sort of greatest needs and what we can do um, to support women, you know, through the process of of some of the struggles that we face and kind of leave with encouragement for our Canadian women. What are your thoughts as you've journeyed across the nation as far as of women and, and, and our needs? I'd say be intentional about letting God call you back to your past, not to rehearse your failures, because you'll drive yourself there yourself every single day. But let him call you back and remind you who you are. Mm, yeah. So my birth circumstances were really... Um, Unfortunate. That's another story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if I went back to my birth circumstances, I would say, oh, you know, this doesn't look like a great future. Just because I had lost an older sister while my mom was carrying me, she mm-hmm. was depressed. I came out with very little odds, you know, to make it. So no, go back to Psalm 139 and look how fearfully and wonderfully made you are because you've become full of fear and wonderless. Reclaim that, but maybe go back to the original creation story and realize you're an image bearer. You've always been an image bearer, and your worst choice on your worst day does not disqualify you, like Eve, right? So I would say that identity piece, find out who you are, because if we can solidify our identity, then we can start to see the opportunities that he has for us. But when we drive ourselves back to our past to rehearse our failures, we're never going to get anywhere. But he calls you back to remind you that he's your father. And then come into your present, like David was living into his present, right? He was living like warrior. Mm -hmm. He was on the run, but he knew, God's called me. It's going to happen. And he was living into that, 
live in your present, and then I think start to focus on your future and be visional with your life. And we spend more time planning a birthday party or a vacation than we do our own lives. So if you were electing yourself like prime minister (laughs) of Melinda's life, why would you vote for you? You know, what plans do you have? What's on your agenda? What do you say, I'm going to do this, this, and this? And just step in the middle of your life and own it. And as Canadian women, we have been gifted the gift of being on the soil. Do you know how, what a privilege that is? To own it, to cultivate it, to explore the richness Mm -hmm. that is there. And again, let's gather to have conversations just to find out what God is doing. Because when you tell me your story and I'll tell you my story, I go, wow, Mm -hmm. he is on the move. I don't need to look south of the border. I don't need to get on a plane and go, you know, somewhere else. Mm -hmm. It's happening here. And the world is watching. And that's where when we gather, we call it gather, rise. We need to rise. We need to rise together. I call people to rise. I mean, I think even... As a as a woman looking for you know to leave sort of legacy to next generation, mm-hmm. I think calling women up to rise is, right. is something that we've lost. Yeah. To actually identifying, looking, and saying, "I see the potential." Rise up, you know, rise up to the calling that God's given you, the passions He's put in you. Mm-hmm. How do we begin, Kathy? As women, you know, they're listening, and people are saying, "I'm being inspired. I want to rise," yeah. you know, and I want to gather. What's the first step? How do we get there? How do we start changing this mentality for us as women that may be isolated that have said, but I've been trying and I feel like I keep hitting that glass, you know, like wall. How do I break through and break in? Because I'm with you. I'm with you. And I want to do this. Yeah. You're not going to do it on your own strength. You're going to go right to scripture and you're going to look at the conversations that Jesus had with his people that he loved the most. Mm -hmm. And we've developed this for women. It's available on our website, six weeks when Jesus talks about vulnerability, belonging, mm-hmm. you know, and generosity and humility, and you start to identify with the way he was. He didn't have to be in the right place at the right time. He actually chose not to be, mm-hmm. but he just loved his people. And I think when you say, I'm beloved, I'm a warrior, I'm loved by God, so if I don't have a place, let me create a place and invite others to it. And and you know what? It's going to be messy because women are messy. I've got lots of relationships that I would love to restore this side of heaven, and I actively pursue that. We all have left emotional wakes one way or another. Mm-hmm. But when we know who we are, we know that anything's possible. Yeah. So you're not going to break into a place until you break into Jesus. That's good. That's such a good reminder because I think for so many people— they're looking kind of like, I want to get to that group or I want to do that. And what you're saying, which is such a good reminder for me, Kathy, is actually let's start with this relationship with Christ. And for those who don't know what that is, I mean, you can start to discover who this wonderful Jesus, you know, is and, and what he's about. And I think that's a good starting place. And then I think the whole idea of like, you know, praying to say, where's an opportunity? And, and it could be most of the time with yourself and opening the door. Versus always wanting people to invite you and wanting and blaming people because they're not connected with yeah. you. It's like, no, stop that. Get out there and get involved right. and open your doors. Find your people. Yeah. And a lot of people will say no before you get your first yes. I was praying for a prayer partner for three years. And finally, one woman came to the choir I was doing. We went out for lunch and I told her, you know, I've been praying. And she took my hands in hers and said, I'm her. Yeah, but three years, and but just start asking, just start looking, just start saying, who who would be the girl that would challenge me? Who would be the girl that I could have fun with? And just start getting in your people because you know we we will appear. We will <laughs> before the Lord. Yeah, hand in hand, right? We don't 
come solo. So let's gather the people and also look for those that are by themselves and bring them in. You saw who's who was at Jesus' table, the disenfranchised, the fringe. We're in Canada, you know, we have so much wealth and we assume that everybody does. Let's just share it. Let's just invite those that are safe Mm -hmm. and you can be yourself with, but then create room at the table for those, you know, that are a little bit risky because somebody has risked it for you. You, Absolutely. And I absolutely get that too. Kathy Ostapchuk, thank you so much. Gather women and... Sign up, get involved, and thank you for your story. Thank you for your thoughts. Um, Inspiring, heartwarming, and a lot to think about, and especially for me to open my doors and and to let Jesus just sort of work his way uh, to gather women across our nation. So thanks so much for being here. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Your Story with Melinda, an exclusive presentation of faithstrongtoday.com. Listen to past episodes by subscribing to our podcast on iTunes and join the conversation with Faith Strong Today on Facebook.